Thank you for sticking with us. Take 10 up next with Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known expert on addictions and caregiving, and Carol Zerniel, executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation and a nationally known gerontologist, member of the board of the National Council on Aging. I'm Ron Aaron. And one of the issues, Carol, that comes up over and over again, I hear Dr. Jamie mention it, I hear you talk about it, that's planning for the future. Planning for the future. I was thinking about how we often talk about planning for the future and how when we have um, seminars, webinars uh, that reach out to people to help them plan for the future, people do not come. They don't sign up. They don't show up. Uh, It's like the hardest topic of all to get caregivers to talk about planning for the future. So I'm just wondering, Jamie, are we being unrealistic? Is it possible to plan for the future, and, and why don't we do it? Well, here's the, the blunt. Yes, we're being unrealistic, but yes, we must plan for the future regardless. Um, as you know, and you're talking to a person who thought he had all his plans laid out for the future and his life and his retirement, and now, of course, I'm a 58-year father of a 2-year-old. So, you know, man and woman la- uh, plans and God laughs. Well, I got you beat. I'm 71 and have three kids under the age of two. Uh, A year ago, we were table for two, my wife and I. Now we're table for five. We didn't plan for it. It happened. We're loving it. But what's next? Well, it's a curveball, Carol and Ron, definitely. And we're describing the curveball here. And planning for the future, I do think is important, irregardless of the examples Ron and I have given about our own personal life, because actually when you do have a plan, I mean, it's reasonable to feel safer, and safer, obviously, about the activities that you're going to engage in, about things to do for your loved one who has maybe a chronic or terminal illness, and certainly plans about yourself, so you have two feet on the ground as well. Well, and I was thinking, you know, I think you really hit it on the head. When when we're planning, it, it's... It's a safety net for us, and it's a safety net for our loved one so that we know our loved one is going to be taken care of if something happens to us or if something happens to our loved one. We're not in the middle of an emergency or in a crisis where you just can't think straight um, and you're having to come up with a plan of action. That's a terrible time to have to fill in for an emergency. Imagine if the fire department never practiced, never trained, and just showed up to put the fire out the first time with no training. Ron, I have to tell you, this is, this is funny point. because you know all about uh, the wonderful program that Carol and the foundation have called Caregiver Teleconnection. Well, today it was all about emergency preparedness, and I was fortunate enough to, to be able to facilitate the hour. And, Carol, you're so on target here because, I mean, we were talking about these giant, you know, hurricanes and earthquakes that could happen, fire, tornadoes, and really, it's so relative as to what an emergency actually is. And so having a plan, whether it's a huge plan for evacuation or just a plan around Murphy's Law where if it could go wrong, it will, is important. Interesting that you bring that up. We're in the process of completing adoption papers Uh, And one of the documents that uh, my wife and I have to complete at the direction of Child Protective Services is a disaster plan. What happens if a a tornado hits your house or a flood hits your house or a fire takes your house down? What's your plan and how do you protect your children? Well, see, and as a a caregiver, there's so much planning that goes into when you're dealing with children. You're planning for their education. You're planning for their future. You're planning adoption. And we don't stop in middle age and and re-ask those questions 
for the people that we're caring for in our life who are adults in many cases. Yeah, that's a great segue into who actually helps us do this planning, because we all have to agree that planning is a must. I mean, let's face it, maybe it will work and maybe it won't be fiction. Either way, again, it creates this illusion or real feel of safety. But, Ron, if you're planning that sort of uh, quote-unquote evacuation and catastrophic issue, I mean, obviously, what it it brings up in me is, and what it brought up today on the teleconnection that I was on, was that you have to engage all of the healthcare providers around you in this plan. So whether you're making a plan, you need to include your physician in this plan if you're a caregiver. Or if you're making a plan, you need to include the home health service of what's their sort of support and assistance is going to be if uh, something goes wrong. You've just joined us. You're listening to Take 10. We're talking about planning for the future, whether it's planning for an emergency or what have you. And before you go on, Dr. Jamie, 10 seconds, Carol, on what is the teleconnection that he referenced? Well, the teleconnection is a telephone learning and support program operated by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, where caregivers can call in and talk to a professional like Dr. Jamie and also talk to other caregivers around, you know, the topic of the day. And Jamie was talking about emergency preparedness on a teleconnection session this morning. And what else, Jamie, when you think about planning, it falls into several areas. One is clearly financial, one is housing, one is safety, one is medical. There's a whole list you can come up with for for emergency planning? Well, the big one, and we've talked about it often on this show, and and Carol's a huge proponent of it, is the isolation piece. So the planning also has to be the social planning. I remember the gentleman today, I'll use his first name, Ed, on the phone, who said, you know, he never does really come out. His wife has dementia. And in terms of creating a plan for emergency preparedness, I'm asking him on the phone just to go meet his neighbors to create this quote-unquote family of choice, because maybe your family of origin, which is your actual biological family is not around you. So how do you go out and create, you know, this telephone list to to put on your your refrigerator? And he said, I have too much pride to do it. I said, well, maybe you don't have that type of pride to go there and ask would they like to have your number just in case there's a catastrophe so that you'd be available to them. I said, what's wrong with the quid pro quo? And so when he saw that and he understood that, uh, he says, yes, you're right. Well, and I think that what you just said is important because I'm wondering how many people, when we start talking about planning for the future, and if you're a caregiver, probably most of you thought about your care recipient. How many of the caregivers thought, I need a plan for myself, that we're talking about planning for the future meant planning for the caregiver? Right. And don't forget that this planning, and and I know we have a short time and can't go into all these planning uh, issues that's needed here, but don't forget the planning is also about the advanced directives. I mean, palliative care, hospice care, um, you know, do not resuscitate. These are all parts of the important plan that caregivers and their loved ones have to find a way to to talk about. If you don't already have a medical power of attorney, uh, can you do those kind of advanced directives for someone you're caring for who has dementia? Well, Carol, I'm sure can answer it well because these are pretty state-based, Texas-based sort of things. Here in Florida, obviously, um, you do have to get legal sort of, uh, you know, acknowledgement to be able to do that. Right, and, and you you really want to, that's, that's one of those plans you really do want to carry out. Everyone should have advanced directives and have, you know, those powers of attorney in place in case something happens to them. The big court cases, all the big court cases on um, living wills and, and powers of attorney have involved young people who were injured um, and what were their rights. It didn't, and they're not around the older folks. Um, so all of us need to have that. And, and so don't wait until someone has dementia that is so um, 
you know, late stage that they can no longer sign those documents you know, because then guardianship really is your only option. Well, one of the challenges here, we don't have a lot of time, but to the two of you, Dr. Jamie and, and Carol Zerniel, uh, when you're meshed in caregiving, uh, do you see tomorrow? Do you see a future? That's a great point. I, I mean, you do. That's, a, that's exactly what I was thinking when I heard that we were going to be discussing this. Yes, you have to live in the moment, but the way that you live in the moment is making sure you feel safe, comfortable, and trusting in the moment. So what I say, what planning does is it, it allows you, allows the condition not to define your family, but you to define the condition so that you are able, A, to, to live in the moment, but also have the safety of plans around you. Well, and I think it's important to, to look at it in baby steps. It can be overwhelming to think of every catastrophe, every possibility, everything that you might want to plan for. So maybe identify three to five um, scenarios or things that you really would like to have a plan of action work on those get that down and just take them one at a time so that it's you know it's you're doing a little bit at a time rather than this giant like thesis proposal kind of a project where you're putting all these papers together and everything together at one time. And Carol, you would agree the list, the, go to the family members and make sure they're part of your plan. Well, that's it. Yeah, you've got to talk to the other family members. Having a secret plan is like having no plan. All right. I'm thinking back to a certain man who ran for president and had a secret plan to end a war. <laughs> so oh, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, so, so Ron's decided hour. to make a political statement we in the middle of there. our plan. There was a person without there. a plan. <laughs> What's that? There was definitely a person without a plan. Uh, yeah, but it worked. Just, you know, <laughs> when, when your family says, do you have a plan? Absolutely. But it's a secret. <laughs> but, of course, what we need to understand, too, again, if you can't approach that family and you don't have the proper communication skills, once again, find the third party who can help you devise this plan with everybody around. Got to stop you right there. Take 10, flat out of time. For Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Hey, we'll talk with you soon.